0: Welcome to The Amy Williams Show. I'm your host, Amy Williams, and I am so excited that you're here listening to the show today. My hope and my prayer is that you find the strength and the comfort in knowing whatever you may be facing in your life right now, that you are not alone. Here on The Amy Williams Show, I'm all about being transparent in my personal struggles, my successes. And I pray that each episode brings you the motivation to keep moving forward. Let's get to it. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Amy Williams Show. I am your host, Amy Williams, and I am super excited to bring you our featured guest for today's episode, Melissa Corkum. She's a certified professional life coach and empowered to connect parent trainer. She's helped dozens of parents shift to a brain based view of behaviors so they can find more effective solutions besides threatening and punishing. She is also the mom to six kids by birth and adoption. They've taught her a lot about what creates thriving parent child relationships and what doesn't. And we will talk about. Uh, melissa's business and website and all of those things to get you connected um, towards the end of the episode but for now let's say hi hi melissa hi amy i'm so glad to be here i'm so glad you're here melissa tell us a little bit about yourself maybe you know some personal things and then we can dive into the business stuff and how that kind of all ties in together
1: Yeah, so my husband and I live in Maryland, just north of Baltimore, and we do have six kids. We have two by birth, and those were our first two, and they are now 14 and 16. In 2009, we adopted a toddler from Korea because we thought we were awesome parents at toddlers, (laughs) and we were wrong. And through that experience, we learned a ton about just parenting differently abled kids and we became empowered to connect parent trainers in 2012 and also brought home three older children through adoption. Thinking again, now that we had all the tools, we were trainers, we knew all the things that we didn't know. Uh, We brought home an 11, 13 and 14 year old from Ethiopia. And they were not related, not a sibling group. Um, turns out that we didn't know very much. Teenagers are a whole new ball game, and we just we failed a ton and we learned a ton. And so now our kids' age ages are thirteen to twenty two almost, and we have four still at home. Plus, our oldest daughter has a granddaughter who also lives with us.
0: So, like the the word busy is kind of an understatement in your family, isn't it?
1: It is. I mean, you kind of adapt and learn. So in some ways I'm less busy because I have a lot of helping hands most of the time. But again, talk about interruptions. Now everyone's at home. We have, we also have an in-law apartment in our attached to the side of our house. So, you know, we're nine people uh, living in quarantine right now together.
0: (laughs) That's a lot of people. But I feel like that almost makes you feel better because you're not alone in quarantine. I think I would it's go crazy true. if I was alone in quarantine. Like I'm an yes, I extrovert, have my kids and my husband, but I'm such a relationship person. Yeah, I don't think I could handle being alone. But yeah, me neither. So you're you're getting through this this stage of life. You you guys are okay. You're healthy
1: for now. We are. We are. And. We both work from home, my husband and I, most of the time, and we homeschool our two youngest kids. So quarantine hasn't changed our life too, too drastically. I know it has for a lot of other people. We have been in seasons before, though, where this quarantine would have been much more chaotic and dramatic and and even unsafe for us. Um, We have... Kids who struggle with mental health. Uh, We had no idea what we were getting into when we brought kids through adoption into our home. And um, yeah, so we have been in ups and downs, but we're in a really great season right now.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, I think it's incredible for parents who adopt. I love that because there's definitely a need. I I would love to hear more from you and not from me about my opinion, (laughs) but with your experience with adoption, just some of those struggles maybe that you could share um, and how you're overcoming them?
1: It's a great question. So unlike a lot of other families, we probably went in thinking that we had it covered. Like we probably had too much confidence going in. And part of that was because I am an actually an adoptee. So I just thought like, I've walked to this, I know how to do this, but it's just different. Every child's story is so, so different. And like a lot of other families and a lot of other faith-based families, we went in just knowing that it was a call, that it was, we were called as a family to provide a home to kids who might not have a home otherwise. We knew we didn't want to be in line for healthy infant adoption. We had been blessed with two healthy infants already. And so we really had a very specific kind of mission in mind when we came into this. And so you just think like, love will be enough. (laughs) and it just isn't, I mean, at least not, you know, just the rainbows and unicorn kind of love that I think we were thinking, you know, mm-hmm. once they get here and they realize that they're safe and we love them, then it'll just work out, and it just turns out that it's a little bit more complicated than that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I would, uh, that's why, you know, this episode's title is Love Enough, right, because sometimes you 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 can be maybe naive would be the right word. Just thinking like, Oh, if I love them, that's enough. And then it will work out. It could be with a relationship or with parenting. Um, But there is so much more to it than that.
1: Yeah. There's so much brain science. There's so much to know about attachment and trauma and how our kids experiences affect how they see the world, the experiences that they had before they even came to us. And that, you know, we all bring things to the table. And so that we all have you know, cracks in our own selves and issues and buttons that we didn't even know we had. And kids who come from trauma tend to be what we call like hypervigilant. Like their body is telling them that they're really not safe even when they are. And it causes them to react very differently to the world. So it, it might just be saying like, we can't do that right now, we'll do it later. And they react like you told them you're going to kill them, right? They act aggressively mm-hmm. and with really big emotions. And you might think you're a pretty stable, you know, pretty good parent. And when you have that kind of chemistry and those kind of reactions all the time, our nervous systems react to that. And we have our own buttons. And we have our own values about what makes, you know, quote unquote, good behavior. And man, it is hard to keep the perspective of understanding where the behavior comes from and, you know, continue to be the nice patient mom that you think you want to be (laughs) just day in and day out through really, really tough behaviors for sure. So can
0: you, can you tell us a little bit more about some of the tough behaviors that you personally deal with, with your adopted children?
1: Yeah. So, you know, when our kids feel like the world isn't safe and when their brain has been affected by trauma, they do things like lie and they're mouthy and they're reactive and they can be aggressive and they can be rude and disrespectful and they can be defiant. um, All of these different things. And they can pick fights with their siblings. And we're not this isn't like typical sibling rivalry or typical team behavior. It's like all of it on steroids. You know, um, at one point in time, we, my husband was having to come home a lot to help keep everyone safe. Um, You know, we're talking the kind of behaviors that really are disruptive, that need higher levels of care sometimes than we as parents can do, especially if, you know, there's Four or five other kids in the house. Mm-hmm.
0: So, what are what are the, some of the things that that you're doing now that you've kind of walked through this and been through this journey um, to help other women or other parents in general?
1: Yeah. So, when we found ourselves kind of at the very, very bottom, you know, that place when you hit very rock bottom, we realized that there weren't as many supports available to us. I think we just always thought if our kids really struggled then there would be someone out there to help and the fact of the matter is is that there just aren't enough supports there were some you know we had therapists and psychiatrists and and all of these things but there's there's so there's not enough funding and not enough beds and so if you have a child who needs higher levels of care uh you might they might need to go to the ER and have a psych eval, and you might decide that you do need some, you know, a week long stay to help get them stable. Well, in our state, there aren't nearly enough beds. And so what I was finding myself was in ERs for 24 to 36 hours, like hanging, like I would basically set up camp and have to live there until they could find our child a bed. And in some cases, we've had families wait for a week waiting for a bed to open up. So we had no idea that it was possible to feel so stuck in a situation. And while that was also happening, I was having these feelings like, you know, I don't even care what happens to you. Or, um, you know, I'm done trying, you know, to try to get you help, find a situation. And then immediately following that, right, I would feel so immensely guilty that, Mm -hmm. you know, I was supposed to be the mother who had unconditional love. And, you know, I came from a faith background where God loves us unconditionally. And so that's how we were supposed to love our kids. And so this kind of apathy that was building up, um, I couldn't help it, but I also was feeling so shameful about it. Like I am a terrible mother. Like I, we decided that we wanted to do this as a family and and we're failing. Um, And so we really didn't want people to feel like that ever again, you know, like if we could do something to help them. So uh, about a year and a half ago, I started a podcast with another adoptive mom who had walked a similar journey. And our goal was to just put resources out into the world for families who were struggling. And as bloggers, we started as bloggers, you know, back in the day, you know, 10 years Uh ago or whatever. Um, As we started being authentic and transparent about some of our struggles, you know, people were cautiously starting to step forward and say, oh, my gosh, I didn't want to tell anyone, but I totally understand where you're coming from. I get it, too. And so we thought, oh, my gosh, like there's a whole slew of parents out there who need help. And if nothing else, they need a community that says, me too. You're not a terrible Mm -hmm. parent. All -hmm. of these things.
0: Oh, I love that. So. I love that you're being like super honest and saying, you know, like there's a point where I'm like, okay, I'm done. I don't want to help you. I love that you're just being open about that because I think whether you're an adoptive parent or a biological parent, you can go through those emotions if you're struggling and you can get frustrated and you can, and then you have the the snowball of the other emotions that go with it. So thank you. Thank you for, for putting yourself out there and and making yourself relatable because I think it's easy now to just say everything's great and inside it's not right. So Mm -hmm. thank you for that. You said a year and a half ago you started your podcast.
1: Yeah, it might be two years ago. Time flies. Yeah. (laughs) Until
0: you're quarantined. Then it goes really slow. All right. So what's the name of your podcast again? I just want to make sure we've got that.
1: Yeah. The adoption connection and you can find it, wherever your favorite place to listen to podcast Perfect. is. So it's on iTunes, it's on Stitcher, all the Android platforms.
0: Okay, I'll make sure to put that in the show description too so that people can read it and remember. Because we want to definitely support the podcast. Um, but what else are you guys doing um, to support your community?
1: So we have a free Facebook group, just again, Places to Gather, which is becoming more and mm-hmm. more important as we have to all go virtual. But something <laughs> that we... <laughs> Right, something that we've um, learned about about a year ago was something called blocked care, and a lot of us who have kids through adoption or even kids with special needs kind of understand what's going on in the brain when it comes to their special need. right We might understand what's going on chemically or structurally to cause ADHD symptoms or we might understand attachment issues and why our kids might be hesitant to attach to us, but what we failed to really recognize was, you know, our own nervous systems as adults, we want to attach and be in healthy reciprocal relationships. That's how we were built. And when we're parenting kids who don't reciprocate relationship in the way that we're built. And it could be because of attachment. It could be because of something like autism where, you know, the social cueing is just different. So we don't receive the same kind of feedback that we, that our nervous system comes to expect. Even in our head, we know why our child may kind of be standoffish or not super affectionate. Our nervous system is subconsciously going, oh, That doesn't feel really great to keep coming up against this relationship and not getting the reciprocation that we're looking for. And so subconsciously, if we're not careful, it can start putting walls up and shutting down. And that's blocked care and saying, I'm not sure that I want to put myself out there, put the energy and the effort into this relationship because it doesn't feel good. It's not reciprocal. And so that idea, um, just like we understand what's going on with our kids and their behaviors, Took so much of the guilt and shame out of these like apathetic, I'm giving up thoughts that I was having because I was like, oh, my nervous system has kicked in and it's doing something to protect me. I'm not a bad parent. There's brain science behind this, and then that allowed uh, my business partner Lisa and me to kind of explore. Well, what does that look like, and how do we help parents? M- fight against blocked care so they can stay in the game and still be the best mom, the best dad that they want to be with their child without all the shame and blame.
0: Oh, I love that you guys are, you know, doing what you're doing. Is your group like geared more specifically for adoptive parents or could it be parents in general, biological or adaptive um, for kids with special needs?
1: Yeah. So that's a great question. So the, our group, the adoption connection. So just like the podcast on Facebook really is geared towards foster and adoptive families. Uh-huh. Um, I have to do some private coaching and parent coaching, uh, on my own. And so my website is the corkboard which is a playoff of our last name. Um, all, you know, kind of all one word typed out. So if you go there, I have a community that you can find through my website. Um, some other freebies and things like that. And those materials all are relevant to foster and adoptive families, but there's a kind of a broader audience there. And so our Facebook group um, includes families with kids by birth who have special needs and then also foster and adoptive parents.
0: Okay, cool. Cause I know, I know for
1: me, I have friends in, in both of those
0: circles, whether it's adaptive or biological, whether it's special needs or not, or, you know, so I just, I was wondering where you're, you know, more area of expertise would be. Um, because I think just parenting in general is is hard. And so it's so good to have community and support. And then when you add, you know, other obstacles, whether it's through adoption or through, you know, mental, physical abilities, um, you know, it's hard. And so I, I love that there's you guys, and there's other people that are doing that community and saying, "Hey, it's okay," and like, let's look at the science behind this. Let's look at the why behind this, and, and make you go, "Okay, I'm I'm not alone, and there is help, and there is a light, and we can get through this." That's absolutely, great. we can
1: absolutely get through it.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to add um, before we close out our show? So I'll make sure that we have your podcast, and your website, and your Facebook group um, listed for people to find you, but is there anything
1: else? Um, so just in terms of if you're listening and you're thinking either one, I I am, I I feel like I'm going to give up on my kid real soon. Then you can, we have a free compassion challenge that just kind of explains more of what I just talked about and gives some practical action steps. And so you can find that at theadoptionconnection.com slash compassion. And then if you're not a foster adoptive parent, but you're just thinking like, how do I tap more into this whole idea of thinking about behaviors as based in the brain? How do I get more into the brain science? Um, I can geek out about that all day, but I have something called a parent success plan and that's free on my website, thecorkboardonline.com slash success. And so I also feel like this is relevant to us right now because a lot of us are parenting in March of 2020, in a circumstance that we weren't planning for. And we're having to kind of redefine our definitions of success and what parenting looks like because the kids aren't at school and we're juggling jobs in different ways. And there's just a whole lot of stress in the air. And so this parent success plan has a whole lot of relevance to our current situation. And so if you're finding yourself overwhelmed by your kids running around and you feel like nothing is getting done, like Everything needs to be done, and nothing's getting done. Then you can hop over again to my website, slash success uh, Download the Parent Success Plan, and that will give you kind of a compass for the next. For okay, I'm. I, I don't know if anybody
0: else is, but I'm already like hands up on. <laughs> <laughs> I like. I swear, I'm a better mom than the. <laughs> swear, I'm a better housekeeper. No. You are. You are. And we always
1: end our podcast with just. Reminding parents that they are good parents and they're doing good work. Sometimes we can talk ourselves out of that, and we need someone to say, just because we messed up today, just because we yelled a little bit more than we wanted to, doesn't make you a bad mom or a bad parent. Amen. So,
0: amen. Oh, uh, yeah, I just recorded another podcast that'll be coming out this week. Um, and I just was like, we need grace. We yeah. all need some grace, like a heavy dose of it for each other because we're all in this grief stricken right now and everybody's losing all kinds of different things and comparing. And it's like, Oh my word, just, just hand out grace to yourself in your own home and to others. And yeah, now is the time for that for sure.
1: <laughs> yeah. We, we need to be really kind to ourselves and to each other mm-hmm. and and set the bar a little lower in our houses.
0: <laughs> I told my husband that the other day I was like, can we just lower the bar? Like can the standard be lowered on how fast I'm going to do the dishes or like how clean everything <laughs> like, I can't. And it's not him putting that on me. It's me, you know, and just going, I, can't. this is, this is nuts. But um, anyway, Melissa, I'm so, thank you for your time. Thank you for all the information. Uh, we'll definitely get connected. We'll tag you in all the things and make sure it's all
1: there. Um, thank you. Thank you, Amy. It's been really fun chatting with you. Yes, you too.
0: Thank you so much for listening to The Amy Williams Show. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. If that is a yes, please let me know. Find The Amy Williams Show on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or all three of them. It's a great place to reach out and be a part of an uplifting community. It's full of support, motivation, and encouragement for whatever you might be going through. You'll meet new friends, get great content throughout the week, and not just on Wednesdays. The biggest compliment that you can give to the Amy Williams Show is by subscribing, either on iTunes if you're an iPhone user or using the Stitcher app uh, if you're an Android user like me. And uh, the other thing you can do is leave a review with your biggest takeaway. Reviews help get guests on the show and sponsors as well. So uh, that's very much appreciated. And also you can share the episodes uh, on your social media because that helps as well. All right. Thanks again. Go out and have a blessed day.